Thanks for tuning in to Light the Fuse on Let's Get Ready Network, brother. On this network, we talk about all the things you love, like movies, TV, sports, professional wrestling, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR Network. And please, leave a rating and review of this episode. Enjoy the show, brother! What's up? What's up? What's up? What, how you doing, Dagan? Doing good, how man. Doing, how Dagan? about you? Doing hey, good. Doing pretty doing good. good. Like uh, getting used to my new job because I got a promotion not long ago, so I'm getting all that and my timing and like different kind of schedule hooked up. But yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. A uh, couple things uh, before we start hitting on like uh, you know AEW Dynamite tonight. Uh, one of them is like big news that came out here recently that I just saw was uh, yeah. The Ring of Honor uh, may be no more. Uh, one good news of yeah. that is that they are actually going to pay everyone that is on the roster for the rest of the year, which I think is really cool because yes. sometimes, especially with wrestling promotions, when it goes bad or or say they go under or whatever you want to call it, right? Like maybe they just didn't have the funding or whatnot. Uh, they, they have multiple reasons they could have like pulled the plug. But like with this one, at least there's a positivity of, of everybody getting paid and stuff like that, so I commend them for that. Um, I've never been a big Ring of Honor guy, mainly because of, like, the show, like, where they show it and everything. It's not something easily accessible. Like, you can't, it's not like you can turn on a channel or something like that and watch it. So, like, that's one of the things about Ring of Honor. I always uh, heard good things about them at certain times of their, like, run and all that. And and I would have watched it or gave it a chance if I could have, like, been able to Watch it easier, and I think that's what most people probably would have done as well uh, because they always was kind of like on some kind of secondary deal or whatever, you know. They yeah, know it was they, always had it like, they always had their own streaming service called uh, Honor Club, but, like, I don't think there were many subscribers. And, um, yeah, it's too, it's too bad. I mean, they, there's, it's always had some really good talent, really good wrestling matches over there. But, you know, and I, I know there's some people are online that are blaming <clears> – <throat> AEW for sort of killing Ring of Honor in a sense. Um, But I think a lot of it too has to do with the fact that we are still in the middle of a pandemic and they've been running shows basically with no crowd for the last two years. And they're like the last ones to not go back to any sort of crowd. So I think that's really turned a lot of people off from watching it. Um, And it's a real shame because, you know, they they had some some really good uh, matches throughout their history uh, gave guys like CM Punk and Brian Danielson their start, so I'm I'm you know thinking maybe we'll we'll see them. I hope that there's a possibility of them possibly making an appearance at their their last show that they're going to do final battle at the end of the year, right? Um, not even maybe to wrestle, but just to make maybe make an appearance. But I'm sure Brian Danielson would love to wrestle this, but you know I it's it's a shame and uh, it's a sad day for for wrestling and uh, you know I think that if uh, 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 silver lining to maybe all this is that uh, AEW might end up with some so a few you know really good talent to to add to their roster. 
It's not just AEW, um, and, though. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. say it's just AEW. I think WWE Impact, could come out. Yeah, New I Japan. Mean, when you, yeah, all those. But, like, when you think about it, like, uh, WWE, like, we talk about AEW just because they're they're on the run of, like, signing new talent uh, and trying to, you know, shake up their roster a little bit. But with that being said, like, WWE is the first one to grab people from, like, Ring of Honor, you know what I'm saying? Like, from back in the day, like you just said, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, uh, wrestlers like that, even, like, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Samoa Joe was over there and stuff. And, and, like, WWE got a lot of that talent from over there, which hurt them in the long run, I feel, because, like, they were going through a pretty good run with wrestlers like that in certain years. And WWE kind of was the first one to go in there and take a lot of their talent that they thought was any good and either use them on stuff like NXT or even on the main roster and stuff like that. So, like, nah, man, like, I'm not about to blame somebody like AEW because, look, man, they came out the gate. They're 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 the youngest out of all of these. And the progress that they made in the <clears> two <throat> years or whatever, like, Ring of Honor had a head start. Impact, TNA, whatever you want to call it, like, they all had a head start. Uh, to build their brand and put it up at the precipice that it could be up there like an AEW and they never did it. Now you can say because they didn't have the backing or whatever, but still you still have all those years that they had uh, to try to promote that brand and get it to be bigger and bigger before AEW ever came along. And then AEW comes along and they start out and, and what two years are fitting to be two years, like the two year anniversary is either coming up or it just yeah, passed. They just had so, it. Yeah. Yeah. So basically two years, uh, on television doing their thing and putting together great matches and stuff like that kind of build it uh up and like you can tell like there's a weird thing going on right now to where wwe is going to be beating AEW like in, in ratings and stuff like that for a pretty good while i feel yeah but because it's going to be hard for you to build up that fan base especially like television audience with so many ways and i also think there's a lot of people that watch AEW not in the traditional way either they watch it like through like apps or on, on TNT, uh, things like that. But like I watch it most of the time through my uh, Spectrum uh, thing, like Spectrum TV, right? So yeah. I don't know if even that kind of stuff even gets like put into like the it's algorithm. A, it's a I'm separate it. category. Yeah, and like yeah, I exactly. watch it on Fight, Fight TV, which is a different out, uh, right. number altogether like, as well. So, so I feel like uh, their numbers are a little skewed because they are the younger thing. And a lot of people, like especially a lot of the younger audiences and stuff, are going to be watching it in different kind of ways. So, like, it's kind of hard to, like, look at it all. But, like, WWE is going to be the, the granddaddy for a while. Like, that's no no doubt. But Yeah, they're not the going strides, away anytime soon. Right. The strides that AEW's made, though, is pretty impressive when you look at it. Like, yeah. uh, they've had to do this you know, with a, a, and they're going up against a group of people that's been doing it for like, what, 30 damn years or whatever. Talking about the WWE. But like I said, don't just like, uh, blame AEW. AEW coming out and being strong and stuff like that is something to look at when it comes to like what's happening in the Ring of Honor. But like I said, don't forget that like every time Ring of Honor looked like they had momentum before AEW was even there on the spot, WWE was always there to catch their highest talent and take them away from the show and stuff like that. So, like all the blame, I don't feel like it's on AEW. I think uh, Ring of Honor got hurt a couple times by other things. Yeah, I mean, I was I went to the uh, Ring of Honor New Japan crossover show that they had back WrestleMania weekend 2019 in New York City um, that they did at Madison Square Garden, and like I think that was Ring of Honor's chance to really like put themselves on the map a little bit. Um, and I think uh, another issue is that a lot of people bought tickets to that show initially thinking they were going to get like Kenny Omega and the Bucks and 
all these elite guys that were in in Ring of Honor New Japan at the time, but then left before that show to start AEW. So they didn't have any of those guys, so they had to rely on like New Japan talent and Ring of Honor talent. And uh, the show like was such a mixed bag because the the New Japan stuff was fucking great. But the Ring of Honor stuff, like, they really botched a lot of finishes and had some real, like, shitty booking and suffered from a lot of, like, uh, just bad angles and things like that. So uh, they after that, I feel like they kind of went downhill a bit as a company. And um, it just uh, – I don't think they ever really fully recovered from that. And then the pandemic was sort of the death blow, if you would. Pat and fool, bay bay. I don't got, know what the hell that means. And then we got uh, Avery. Like, if WWE does buy the library, that like from Ring of Honor, for instance, like if they were to buy Ring of Honor and buy it out or whatever, they would actually own all in because they're yeah. right. Because the, they, I mean, technically, majority Ring of, of those Honor, matches are Ring of Honor. Yeah. The, yeah, because, well, uh, Ring of Honor helped put that show on for yeah. AEW before AEW was even technically in existence. It was just like the right. very beginning stages of like talks and stuff like that, which is pretty interesting. One other thing I want to hit before we get started is uh, one thing that I see is there's there goes two my other internet. Topics. Am I here? Can you hear me? Yeah, you're here. Yeah, you're here. Okay. You're back. But like two things I want to hit. Like one of them is with uh, WWE right now. Like their last SmackDown had like 20 minutes of wrestling, and the first match tonight, for instance, on AEW went about 20 minutes. I mean, if it wasn't 20 minutes, it was pretty damn close. And it's just like, bro, man, like, it's wrestling. Put wrestling on the show, for God's sakes. Like, I just don't know, <laughs> like, what's happening. Wait, like, you want professional wrestling on your pro wrestling show? Yeah, Who like, I, I just don't get, like, what part they're doing and stuff. Like, look, I, I came in during the era of, like, you know, the Attitude Era, but they still put matches on the show and still gave matches time, uh, even with a bunch of their segments they did. They still put matches out there and stuff like that. It's just like, bro, like every match can't be like three minutes. Like some of these people, like Roman Reigns had matches where his walkout time took longer than the damn match itself. (laughs) So like, uh, I just want them to start uh, to get that stuff straight, man. Cause overall, like I'm not one of these people that gets into this argument about like who's better AEW or WWE. It's, it's more about like, come on, man. Like I want both companies to do great and do better. I just want them to do better. Uh, stuff like that because, because overall, like, uh, as good as wrestling, like, we won't, it's going to be the best whenever, like, both of these companies are hitting full stride and people start really getting into wrestling again and letting them make their choices and stuff like that. That's when it's going to be fun. Now, yeah, I th- yeah, go ahead. I want to really quickly say, I mean, I think I've talked about it on this show before, but, like, as a wrestling fan, I want it all to be great. I want Raw to be awesome. I want SmackDown to be great. I want NXT to be great. I want AEW to be, you know, New Japan, Impact, all this stuff. I, I want all the shows to be great. Like, why wouldn't anybody want that? It seemed like mo- similar to, like, movies. Like, I particularly don't like Batman versus Superman, but I really wanted that movie to be great. It would yeah. be great if all these movies are great, right? It's similar in wrestling, but I just prefer the shows that are more pro wrestling oriented, like an AEW or new Japan. And I think that that's, I was thinking about this earlier. Like if you're a fan of WWE, great, you know, you go and love it. But I just don't like shitting all over the other company just for the sake of loyal to one particular show or brand. The, uh, I mean, the biggest thing is, is, uh, 
regardless of what happens with AEW from here on out, like let's say five years from now, it's not even here no more. And for whatever reason, it falls apart. One of the things I can always remember and always pick up on is because of AEW, like I know more about things like New Japan and stuff like that because and some of these wrestlers that I don't watch because like, like I said, it's another thing with New Japan. It's not like you can you can't turn it on a certain channel and watch it. You got to go through other avenues that I've never really done. I've always heard they do great stuff over there and everything. And I know some of their names, you know, like Akata and stuff like that. Like all these people, they get hyped up and I'd like to see some of them like I'm going to be honest with you, before the AEW appearances, I didn't know much. I've heard his name before, but I didn't know hardly anything about Suzuki or what he was about. I just heard, like, the dude can put on great matches. And even though he's older, he's still, like, out there kicking out of moves and shit, like, right? And he can still go. And I love Suzuki. And he's proved that he can still go even at that age. And it's one of the greatest things uh, that I've seen, that Daniel Daniel Bryson match with, with him, with Suzuki, was just an amazing match. It was Almost. fun to watch. Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson. Yeah, well, Almost. it's all, yeah, it's whatever. It's going to be all <laughs> over the place. Yeah. It's, it's, everybody's still screwing that up. But, uh, yeah. but, it, but <laughs> the, the thing is, is like, nah, man, like, it's, it's one of those things to where I would have never been introduced to that guy like that. And uh, so I'm loving the fact that that's happening. I love the fact they do the Forbidden Door. Uh, it looks like their uh, thing they were doing with Impact may have came to an end for right yeah, now. Might they done. might extend it or something like that, but we'll see what's up with even something like that. But uh, yeah, before we, uh, one other thing before we get into the show, I wanted to bring up was the uh, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair, like behind the scenes at WWE recently. They were yeah, supposed we... to exchange the titles. And yeah. so one of them drops the title, the other one throws their title out there. Some of that stuff was supposed to happen. Some of it wasn't supposed to happen. They go backstage, they get into an altercation and shouting match, basically. And then because Becky still had a match to do, like in, in a dark match to do later on, they couldn't ask her to leave. They asked Charlotte to leave. Not only did they ask her to leave, they escorted her out the building. And then we Andrade, who's over at AEW, which is like they're they like going to be married, as far as I know. They're not, they're not just boyfriend and girlfriend. They're actually like engaged. Oh, yeah, engaged. Yeah. So like, uh, they might be so married Andrade, already, actually. I don't know. Yeah. But Andrade, he actually, like, uh, drops a tweet saying, like, F you WWE. And a lot of people were just like, oh, because he had a great match with Pop. Great match. I didn't get to talk about because, uh, you know, because of Saturdays, I couldn't do it and get here on time and be able to watch it because I was at work. Was that, like, the best Rampage? You think that was, like, the best Rampage match so far? Yeah, one of the best ones out there, Andrade versus Pop. Like, I could watch them wrestle all day long. That was up up there with uh, Brian Danielson and – Omega from New York. Yeah. I mean, it it could on, be on the same there. level. Yeah. And, but their match was super freaking amazing and awesome. So I thought he was just doing that. Like, Oh, look at you guys. Like, look what I could do. But it turns out they were like mistreating it. Or he thought they were mistreating, you know, someone he's engaged to and going to marry. And so like, that's really basically what that tweet came down to. It's like, if, if I'm at my job, for instance, and, like, something happens and they're like, man, we need you to leave, they're not going to escort me out the building. They're just going to, like, you know, hey, and then I'm going to turn around and leave. Like, she didn't even get the opportunity to leave. I thought that was a little weird. also thought that, like, you know, she was trying to advocate that she needed to lose it to Bianca Belair talking about her yeah. championship and everything else. And then other people was trying to give her some crap about she's hard to work with and everything. But Becky Lynch over there, like, girl, hey, man, let me tell you something, Becky. Be quiet. Like you squashed one of the greatest stars that they made. Uh, Bianca yeah. Belair is one of the newest, greatest women stars. Her and like 
Uh, Britt Baker over in AEW is two of the biggest oh, yeah. rising stars that are new that nobody knew about. Belair should be the face ago. of that, that entire yep. women's division. And yeah. yeah, yeah, she's like done some great stuff over there. And for you to squash her in 26 seconds and 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 Becky like not try to fight against that or whatever, terrible like, kind of bullcrap. But uh, yeah, let's go uh, into the show tonight, man. Uh, let us know what what we started out with, like the same thing. And I actually like this. I actually like the fact that I get pumped up because, like, I always feel like I need to be watching AEW right when it comes on. Yeah. Like, I remember even back in the day when I loved WWE and I was watching it during the Attitude Era that I might skip the first few minutes of uh, WWE, like, Raw or whatever because I knew there usually wasn't a big-time thing. Like, there may be a cool talking segment at the beginning, but not a lot was going to go on. It was usually, like, that next first hour and then the end of the thing that was like the big stuff. So sometimes I'd be like, oh, I don't have to see the very first few minutes. AW is totally different, man. No, they're, they're like, here's CM Punk. The night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. CM Punk versus Bobby Fish. I wasn't too excited. And I heard the criticism out there that this match and stuff like that. Why is Bobby Fish uh, fighting CM Punk and stuff? And I get a little bit of that criticism because I kind of fall in line with a little bit of it because of the fact it's like, all right, cool, CM Punk, man. You're fighting all these youngsters. I, I see what you're doing. Like, let's start moving up the card a little bit. So I kind of get some of the criticism. But this turned out to be a really cool match, I thought. Really good, just regular, like, wrestling. Get out there, put on your boots, and wrestle match. Uh, pretty solid. Bobby Fish did well. Uh, CM Punk selling the leg because Bobby Fish was attacking it and everything else I liked uh, in this match. Uh, but overall, like I said, really solid match. Got to see CM Punk again. He's not disappointed so far. But here's the thing. I love long-term storytelling, and I'm going to tell people to possibly be patient because these matches that we're seeing now, overall, maybe you're not excited about the Bobby Fishnet match tonight before it happened. Maybe you think it was a good match like I did. But overall, like, think about this. When CM Punk does eventually, because I think the first, like, star that he's going to go after is MJF. Oh, yeah. Making that whole pool, like, they're, they're bringing up that whole thing to where uh, CM Punk doesn't like bullies. And that's what MJF is, is a bully. So, like, he, so they're they're playing that up. They even talked about it a little bit in this match. Like, the reason why he's fighting Bobby Fish is because he's being a bully to that guy that he kind of squashed, like, the week before or whatever. And so when he does eventually get MJ, MJF because he's having to fight Darby, so they can't do it super soon, still going to be weeks away. But when he first comes out there and cuts a promo against MJF and like, you know, that match is about to happen. Think about how excited you're going to be to see that match with, yeah. with the buildup that CM Punk's done because CM Punk's went in here and he's taking it more slowly. He's fighting these lower card people and building them up a little bit and giving them a name because they're fighting CM Punk. And now when he finally does do it, the anticipation might even be uh, super great. So, and I think they might blow the roof off the building. Even just the promo of them starting it. But what do you think about it? Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be MJF next and for CM Punk. And uh, it's it's interesting that, like, I, I love how AEW sort of plants seeds for future feuds. Like, you can kind of see after Full Gear what might be coming next. Um, you, you can see MJF and CM Punk possibly being a program. You can see maybe Kenny Omega and Adam Cole being a program. We'll get to that later. Um, and it's just really, really great. As you were saying, long-term booking, right? And, and uh, Punk's whole thing back in the day used to be, I'm better than you. So it makes all the sense in the world for, for MJF to come in and 
he might even put MJF over. Like I could see that happening. I see him Punk's first loss in AEW is to, to MJF, you know. That's another thing that's kind of weird and different about AEW, unlike some other, like uh, almost all the wrestling uh, organizations out there, is they actually put time and effort into this whole like your records and wins matter. Uh, like you, they give the rankings out and everything else. So like, you also have to look at this as kind of smart. You're building uh, CM Punk up to where he's got like what four or five wins in a row. I think it may have been his fifth match tonight. First match yeah. on AEW Dynamite, but his fifth match was tonight. And so he's 5-0. and oh, So you're right. He's going to get a couple more matches before he finally gets to face MJF, which is going to build that record up even higher. And he's going to be, like, undefeated. And when MJF or whatever has a chance and opportunity at him, uh, we'll see what happens. Like, what I'm really looking forward to is MJF, Darby Allen. I'm getting more and more excited yeah. about that as they're building it up. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm going to probably say, like, CM Punk may give him the win. If Darby gets the victory over MJF, I don't think they're going to give MJF another defeat like right after that. So, like, if their program starts right after the Darby Allen program ends, like, then I'm going to be looking at CM Punk possibly like losing, especially yeah. if MJF loses to Darby. MJF beats Darby, then MJF don't really have to win. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, CM yeah. Punk may just go in there and actually pull the victory out. And that all makes sense, too, because I feel like Darby has lost his last couple big matches, right? Like, he lost to Punk. Um, he lost the, 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 um, there's another match he lost recently too, but I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, I, I think that that all makes sense. And, uh, real quick, I will say in terms of this match itself that he had with Bobby Fish here, there was some really great technical wrestling in there, but it looked like there was a bit of a miscommunication at the end towards the finish. It deep sounded like a little bit of a weird finish, but overall, uh, you know, I, I was saying it the last week. It, it's rare you get a match to start dynamite that's bad. Like it's nearly yep. always good to great. So um, yeah, that's kind of overall my thoughts on punk right now. My whole thing is this: is there's going to be like times where stuff like that, maybe a miscommunication or a botch, like we've seen it like in NXT the other day. This one girl almost like killed herself. She was doing like a tope suicida yeah. you know what i'm saying and she like got her feet caught in the ropes didn't look like she had the momentum and she like hit her Ouch. head like landed right on her head it was pretty bad and we saw lance archer even on AEW, try to do a moonsault and mess up and almost yeah injured himself. that was Good rough thing that he's not hurt but like my deal is is like how you finish the stuff whenever it happens how you play it off like tonight you might be right it may have looked a little awkward at some points right there at the very end but i feel like both of them guys like really took it and still got through it, right? They still went through it. Maybe it was a little bit of awkwardness. But it's like I said, even in like real like MMA or, or boxing fights and stuff like that, you're going to have awkward moments where a dude misses a punch or, you know, stuff like this, right? And so in some ways, if you're looking at it in certain kind of perspectives, it makes it seem like it's a little more real. But let's look at it, man. Humans are humans. We all make mistakes. Yeah. I don't like to jump on that unless it's a certain like certain person that keeps doing it. Like right. over and over again, if they're responsible for miscommunications or if they're responsible for botches or whatnot, it's like because like you you look at what happened a few weeks ago on AEW Dynamite whenever they did the botched uh, like super power bomb they were setting up for Kenny yeah. Omega <laughs> and stuff like that with Luchasaurus. Well, they played on that the last couple of weeks. They've been like yeah, super and they power turned bombing it, everybody, and they turned it into a thing on BTE where they couldn't they yep. couldn't do it. So, um, yeah, but, so but yeah, no, yeah, I, like I get it. it. And, and, and Punk, you can kind of forgive him. This is only his fifth match back in, in 12 years or whatever they were saying. So, or uh, se- seven years, something like that. I can't remember. It's been a while, mm. basically, and he's only had a few matches. So, 
Um, it, it, you know, it was what it was. But, um, yeah, any any other thoughts on this before we move on and talk about this? Uh, no, nah, man, we got uh, it. No, okay, MJF, Black. baby. Yeah, yeah, we got, yeah. <laughs> we got MJF, Warlow, and Spears obviously comes down there. He's going to have a match. I, I knew whenever they didn't announce who he was going to match like, or who he was going to wrestle against. I was like, didn't matter. It's jobber. Man, it's gonna be a jobber. They're gonna bring yeah. a jobber out. They did. I'm gonna give the jobber though his name and his credits. His name's Bryce Donovan. So he comes out there, man. And I'm telling you right now that th- this was actually a fun squash for me because I think sometimes they try to take too much time, try to showboat a lot. MJF really came in there like banging it up right at the very beginning. He did like three moves faster than almost anybody I've ever seen put together. Three moves in and out quick. Gets the microphone. Starts doing his thing with the crowd. Going after Boston, that shithole. Yeah, going going after Boston and just saying his thing and everything else and talking about how, like, yeah, you know, you told me I couldn't break you mentally. How about you being broke mentally? Like, you're not even showing up for work and all this stuff and everything else. And then uh, everything gets kind of black. We start getting kind of like the Sting, like the Sting-style entrance uh, up there. Nobody's coming out. Sting happens to be behind him with a baseball bat. Does this thing like he used to do the NWO all the time. Except he's doing it. Well, in well first it was a fake out. And then and MJF's like, ha, ha, ha. I got oh, you. yeah. That, that, that shit was hilarious. Yeah, that yeah. shit was hilarious. Whenever he's and then like, the oh, lights went out for real. You are Boston. And then, yeah. yeah. Then the lights and, went and, out. And, and, like, he, and he was like, is that you, uh, uh, Sean? And he was like, no, it wasn't me. And then Sting yeah. pops out with the baseball bat, yeah. Yeah, that right there was, like, super great. And then, like, <laughs> so you're sitting there and you see Sting pop up with a baseball bat. Like I said, he starts taking on the task. MJF's doing his whole, I'm not about to get my ass whooped. So he gets out of the ring faster than a hiccup. He's out there and he gets around the corner. There's this guy wearing this weird-looking mask. He takes that mask off. It <laughs> happens to be Darby Allen. Now, Of course. Uh, and the MJF Invisible takes- Man. Get up. That's what yeah, it yeah. Look, kind of looked like because there was bandages all over his face and stuff. So Yeah, MJF takes out and, like, runs. And this is cool because it's close to Halloween, so some of the Halloween stuff. Yeah. MJF runs as fast as he can up the ramp. Then I think he just fake falls. And he's, like, crawling on his hands and knees. And Darby Allen gets in the ring. And, of course, he gets, like, a, a skateboard with some thumbtacks on the back of it. And I think you got a picture of this, of what Warlow actually looked like after after everything was over with. But, yeah, dude, like. Oh, man. He yeah. gets in there and hits Warlow to with all, that thumbtack. Yeah. If you're. If you're squeamish, uh, you may not want to want to look at the screen right now. So I'm just going to give you a quick warning. It's pretty brutal. Oof. Yeah, look at that. It's like Ouch. when he got hit with that skateboard afterwards. So oh, like, man. And I was thinking like a big dude like this, you would think maybe it's less painful. But no, it probably hurts like ever-loving hell. Uh, and even through that shirt. Like my buddy was saying, oh, if you have a shirt on, it's not as bad. But ouch. But yeah, so they got out of there. Uh, Darby Allen basically just gets the microphone, says, cuts his music, and says, like, me and you at full gear. And that was pretty much it as far as the talking goes. And obviously, MJF and them's getting out. They're getting the hell out of there because they just got their butt whooped. But, uh, yeah, man, what would you think about the segment? I really liked it. Yeah, this was this was great. You know, MJF is just in, uh, the best heel, as always, going after Boston here and getting the heat. And, uh, yeah, as you were kind of saying, like, it, it's set there to help you build the match to towards uh, MJF and Darby Allen at the pay-per-view, and I'm getting more and more excited. They're doing their job, for sure, getting me hyped up for this match. So, yeah, I really like this segment. But, yeah, I, I thought it was a great build-up for their match. And like I said, it's getting me more and yeah. more. That's the part. These segments like this are made. Like, see, squash matches aren't great sometimes. Sometimes you have to use them. That's why they do a lot of them on dark and stuff, because, like, it's just free YouTube content or whatnot. But, like – 
I love the way that they did a they did a squash match. Got to see MJ up in action. Uh, he's you know he he hasn't wrestled in a few weeks, so he got in there and did some moves. And then you had this segment right here to help build up a match in the future, which is still a couple of weeks away. So they still got time to even do more and more. And like I said, each time they do anything, like when they attacked Darby Allen out the back wearing the ski mask, the Pinnacle did. Uh, and stuff. Now Darby Allen's back, and then he catches MJF, or almost catches MJF, but he he catches other members of the Pinnacle and everything else. Uh, he he took out the accountability buddies, you know what I'm saying? Like he took those <laughs> out. So like, but yeah, all this stuff's uh, getting me more pumped for the match, and that's what I love to see, and that's why I love that they don't have pay per views every month. They might have some like in between shows that are supposed to be bigger or whatever, but I love the fact they don't do pay per views because they got two more weeks to still build upon this that they've already yeah. built. Like this to me is normally what you would see for a go home show segment for like the pay-per-view itself. So I'm like, damn, you know what I'm saying? They're already doing this now. So they must have some more they want to do between here and there. And I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, they got, let's see, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven more shows to build to this pay-per-view. Cause it's yeah, counting the rampages and the dynamite. Including rampage. Right? Yeah. Yep. So uh, I think they're doing a really good job so far building towards it. And, uh, man, I'm so, I'm hyped for full gear already. And there's still a few weeks to go. So I get more more and more excited, as you said, as they uh, as they go here. All right. We got um, the the next thing we went to was the TNT Championship, which I thought was interesting because they put this uh, where they did. I thought this might have was going to be the main event. But after watching the show, I'm cool with who they picked to be the main event. But TNT Championship, you got Sammy Guevara versus Ethan Page. This is uh, because, like I said, I recently came back to wrestling. I haven't been, like, watching AEW from the very beginning and stuff. I've only been back for, like, a few months and everything else, uh, although I've enjoyed wrestling over the years. But I've, I'm more recently coming back. It's been, like, three or four months now. I haven't seen a huge amount of Ethan Page. I've seen him talking stuff with the top team. I haven't really got to see him, like, perform very often. Uh, I liked what I saw here. I, I liked uh, Sammy Guevara. Uh, he got a bunch of stuff in the beginning. Ethan Page took control. Then Sammy Guevara came back towards the end. Like a couple of moves, and I love the fact because of like it's difficult because Samuel Guevara, like when they even when they like call him out, like oh, he's 195 pounds, you know, whenever he gets announced. Like, I love the fact that they're using him to where these bigger guys he's having to face, and he's like in this underdog role because yeah, he'll get some offense in, look really cool, and get some spots where you think he's gonna win, but he doesn't pull it out. The bigger competitor takes control a lot of the match. And then he does something at the very end that's a big surprise that catches him off guard. And that's what they did here in this match. So, yeah, man, I, I really like uh, – and it set up. Like, I don't love roll-ups all the time. But, like, in this case, it was more of like a roll-up finish. And then Ethan Page, because he didn't get hit with some big-ass move, was able to get immediately up, and it made sense. He just got rolled up kind of surprised. Yeah. He gets up, comes from behind, starts an attack. So – and they're still building up this five-man, five-B-five now it's going to be a Minneapolis. I just love the fact that there's always like a street fight in whatever city they happen to be. Like, yeah. old school, they'd have been like <laughs> Philadelphia street fight, and they'd be fighting in New York. Right. You know what I'm saying? But like these days, yeah. they'll just call it whatever town they're going to be in. Right. So Minneapolis street fight. <laughs> I ain't never heard of Minneapolis street fight. Like, who's ever heard of that before, right? So like. Uh, yeah, it's, it's too, to too much to say Minneapolis St. Paul street fights. So but go I do love the fact that this is going to be a street fight, Dagan, because according on who yeah. they pick, because now Sammy Guevara gets to pick who's going to actually, who they're going to face the five opponents. Right. I'm pretty sure it's going to be Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Well, and they'll be in, the they, 
they've already been in there. They get to pick the three members of American Top Team. Okay. Um, that so, uh, that they'll that they'll face. So I'm thinking it's going to be Masvidal, it's going to be Junior Dos Santos, and it's going to be uh, Paige Van Zant's husband, uh, Austin Vanderford. So right, those, so those that, are the three. That would make sense. Well, that would be cool, but I'm also – I love the fact this is a street fight because you're going to be able to cover up a couple of those MMA fighters that don't have a big-time wrestling background. Yeah. And yeah. they're in a normal fight. You're going to be able to see, like, them not do things, but you can cover up a lot, a lot in a street fight. Like, it's not supposed to look good or clean or anything. It's supposed to be a street fight. So I actually like the 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 way they're doing this. Instead of being a five-on-five tag match, like in a, in a wrestling ring the whole time, this is going to be a straight-up street fight. So this is going to be a cool thing, I think, and I like the way they're doing it. Um, segment, this wasn't my favorite, like, a uh, segment as far as this storyline goes. There's obviously been better ones leading up to even this one. So, like, I think, like I was talking about the last segment where it took a step up, took a step up, took a step up uh, to what we got tonight, right? And it's like, man, they keep building upon that. I do think this one took, like, a step back a little, in some ways. It's still exciting seeing Jericho run out. And he ran out. He knew he didn't have to wrestle. That dude was, like, jumping off the ropes and being crazy like like he was 20 years old. But he knew that he didn't fresh have to do anything key. afterwards. Fresh, fresh off, off the that, yeah. uh, Rock and Rager cruise. Which, uh, give a uh, shout-out to uh, uh, Rachel uh, Silvestrini. Rachel Silvestrini, yes. And, and yeah. stuff like that. and uh, oh, Along uh, with uh, Ryan Payne and yep. James Shimo, who have been nice. on uh, the Dropkicks before as special guests. So, shout-out yeah, to those yeah. guys as well. They're on the cruise. Or they just yeah, pretty, yeah, finished up. Well, that was but, pretty yeah. awesome. But, yeah. I mean, what do you think about it? I think it took a bit, a little bit of a step back. It was still enjoyable. I'm not saying it's bad, but like yeah, I think sure. the segments leading up to this one uh, and everything else were more impactful than this segment. Like this segment right here was a little weaker than some of the other ones building up to this match. So, what do you think? Yeah, I don't think it was like it, it was what it needed to be. You know, I think they'll probably do some big go home angle with the all the MMA guys and everything eventually. Like you know, the week leading up to the pay per view. So I'm not too worried about. A, a promo that's maybe not as not as impactful or anything here, um, but in terms of the match itself, I thought it was very very good. Um, Ethan Page, as you know, you can say what you want about his character, but this guy is a great worker and uh, always puts on quality matches. And Sammy Guevara as well, who's a just an awesome babyface in this feud. So uh, yeah, I would give it a thumbs up. And uh, there there, I think the show got better for me as it went along. And we'll talk about the next couple matches because I feel like the matches coming up I thought were, like, so good. And this one was, like, pretty good. So, um, yeah, pretty good stuff here. I do got to say I, I got to see, like, the thing that he did, like, to Sammy Guevara tonight where he just crosses up their hands and then he, like, kind of throws them over him, like, you know, basically just throwing them off the top rope. Like, he does that little crossover and then he kind of – it's almost like he's doing a hip toss, but he's not, like, doing it. He's, he's grabbing them while he's still on the mat. He grabs them up the top, crosses their arms, and then throws them over so they land on their back. This is a yeah. pretty interesting thing to do off the top rope. Yeah. Like, uh, it's just the other guy taking a back bump or whatever, ultimately. But at the same time, like, it's just different and new. And you don't have a lot of time to set up. Like, one of the worst things I hate in wrestling is, like, taking sometimes up to a minute to get to the spot where you can do a superplex, for instance, because it takes them forever to get ready for it. You can obviously see the two guys trying to help each other out to get in the spot to do it sometimes and like so being kind of innovative doing stuff off the top rope that doesn't take as much time like that I, i'm cool with 
But uh, next we had uh, the TBS Championship uh, Tournament match. Well, do you want Akira's- to talk about the um, – I, I wanted to quickly talk about this promo between Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston uh, oh, with, wait, was backstage. That- that was yeah, that, yeah, 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 which which was just uh, and there are a couple other little video things we skipped over talking about uh, earlier. There was like a quick thing with Malachi Black, and then there was a thing with Britt Baker backstage, uh, which wasn't too much. It was just a setup. Yeah, that, and we can talk about next. We'll talk about that when we talk about next week. Yeah, the Malachi Black thing we can cover um, at but, the end because we'll yeah, we don't. Yeah, the end, but. but but in terms of this Brian Danielson Eddie Kingston promo setting up their match on Rampage. Uh, I thought this was just awesome, man. Uh, just the fire from Eddie Kingston and then Brian Danielson basically being like, that's the Eddie Kingston that I want to see in the ring this Friday on Rampage. So uh, reports are this match has been taped already. Obviously, they do these in uh, Dynamite and Rampage, usually just taped the same night. But from what I'm hearing just uh, from people online, this match is fucking awesome, which you can obviously assume that it would be. It's Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston, so... Really, really looking forward to this one on Rampage on Friday. Yeah, uh, the thing I did like about this promo was it actually talked about mental health. Like, he says, like, look, man, I got to yeah. take Zoloft to be able to make it through. I got uh, mental health issues I got to fight through. Talking about Kingston. And then I thought it was cool that Brian Danielson came in and said, like, yo, bro, I got the same stuff. I I deal with some of the same issues. Like, you know, you use that as an excuse if you want, but there's a lot of people in this country, and he talked about – all the people that get up and go to work every day, do what they got to do and everything else, not just wrestling in the wrestling community, but like actual real life jobs and stuff, like having to fight through like mental health issues and stuff like that. Like those are the people that that, that get up and, you know, do the work. And he, he was like, basically, uh, they almost used this as a segment to talk about mental health, which I, I never thought I'd see on wrestling. And I thought it was yeah. really cool. They kind of went with this angle it was like, yo, bro, I got that same stuff. Like, because, uh, I got to do this. And, and the way that Daniel said it, like he ended up kind of cutting the promo into like a lot of people do that, Eddie Kingston, not just you, you know what I'm saying? And then he's like, yeah, like we're going to do this and you can do this. And you can fight harder and you can do all these things. But with all that being said, like you, you're going to get beat, you know, coming up on Friday. So like in uh, Adelia, I really appreciate the promo because they mentioned mental health yeah. issues. Yeah. And they did it like a, in a cool way. Like yeah. to me, to me, they didn't pander exactly. to the, they didn't pander to the crowd. Like, to the, like the other that company that. maybe would have done that, but they were very, very respectful about it, I thought, and did it and pulled it off in a very, very uh, creative way. And that's what I really love about AEW well, is they're actually willing to take those kind of risks. Or not well, even yeah, just a but, risk, but put it those things out there, you know? But I think they brought up mental health in a very cool way because they didn't baby people with mental health. Yeah. He's telling Eddie Kingston, like, really very dude, real about it. Excuse. Yeah, that he, was, he was telling yeah. Eddie at the very beginning part of this promo, like, that you don't you that's an excuse like everybody has to do this stuff there's a lot of people in this country that has to do that every day just like you do you're no different from them you know what i'm saying so he, he like basically didn't baby and coddle people with mental health issues but then he gave them props for doing the work they have to do to overcome what they got to overcome which i thought was like really yeah. cool because to me that's not pandering oh oh let's throw a little segment in here where we talk about some mental health it's like Nah, bro. He basically told because he's talking to Eddie there, but he's basically telling everybody else out there too. You got mental health issues. You got to fight and overcome it. And then he said, "I appreciate all the people that do fight and overcome it every day to do what they have to do normally." Like to me, that's like super cool. He like lets you know, don't use that specifically as an excuse 
but he also gave you the props for fighting through it. You know what I'm saying? So like, to me, that wasn't just like, Oh, we're going to say something real nice about this to, to get people to like us. It was more of like, yo, this is like a real story. This is like yeah. almost like a pump up speech that, that people would need that, that have those issues and stuff. So I really enjoyed that. Really yeah. did enjoy it. It was great. Uh, and then we also had a quick backstage segment. Uh, a lot of it was in Spanish, which was also pretty cool. Uh, with the Lucha Brothers challenging FTR at the pay-per-view for the AW titles uh, after the after FTR had beaten them uh, for the AAA titles. So um, that should be a really, really good match. Um, but then, yeah, uh, we had a, a fir- another first-round match in the TBS championship tournament uh, between Hikaru Shida and Serena Deeb. And, uh, man, I, I'll just I'll start on this one. I thought this match was fucking awesome. These two ladies, uh, I think they topped what they did a few weeks ago uh, in terms of their first match, which was really good. But, like, this was just, man, uh, you talk about showcasing the best of what the AEW women's division can do. Uh, You got two veterans in there, uh, both around the same age. I think Sheeta's, like, 34. uh, Deeb is, like, probably 35 or 36. Uh, So years and years of experience there between these two. Uh, Great technical wrestling. Uh, some awesome counters, uh, and, um, you know, uh, Sheeta got the win here for her 50th to uh, kind of as the story is going here where uh, Deeb attacked her with the trophy. She came out with the broken trophy here uh, and put that over, so uh, Sheeta gets her 50th win. Great, advances on to the tournament. Uh, and, yeah, just a, a, a really, really fantastic wrestling match between these two ladies. I, I love this match. What about you, uh, Justin? See, when you see a match like this right here, for one, that just makes that Queen's Crown thing look like a joke because these ladies <laughs> yeah. almost wrestled in one match the almost more time than that whole tournament got, yeah. which to me, that's a pander move, right? Oh, we got to do a women's tournament because we got a men's tournament, but all their matches was like a minute and a half or two minutes long each. These women went at it. They started, they had about six or seven minutes before a commercial break, went through a commercial break, came back with another five or six minutes after that. So, like, I don't know the exact time or anything like that, but, like, dude, they gave it their all. It was really super solid, smooth match. Like, liked it. Uh, did not bother me at all. That they had. Uh, this is sometimes where you, like, you like to see, a, uh, like, say, a rematch or whatever, if you want to call it that. Uh, I thought it was cool that they set up this rematch in the tournament so that it wasn't just a rematch for no reason. But, right. like, this was a really cool match, really good match. I love the story they told at the very end because I do think that she is going to lose in the tournament in her next match mm-hmm. because of what happened after this match because yeah, uh, Deeb grabbed that steel chair and just kept hitting her knee, kept Oof. hitting her knee, and then, like, put her in a hole that was cool as shit. Like, nah, yeah. man. But when I watched this you match. Jerry, you have to poor Jerry Lynn coming in here to try to break it up at the end, too. <laughs> yeah, overall, I think, the, and that's what's sad about that Queen's Crown tournament is I think WWE has a lot of talent over there on the women's side that they could actually utilize and do some cool stuff with. And, and like, when they have their best talent in the women's, women's division – uh, they they outdo to me AEW, but like when I watch a match like this, I'm like, nah, wait, AEW does have some key pieces here, right? Like, let's start using Deeb a little more often. Let's start using yeah. Sheeta a little more often. Agreed. Uh, let's uh, Britt Baker is pretty good, and I think a couple of these other like women that they're doing stuff with are starting to get better and everything else, like uh, Statlander, uh, and then we're gonna get a little bit of uh, what's her face, uh, the uh. Uh, I always get them. I always forget their names because you got Luchasaurus, you got Lucha Express, then you have uh, <laughs> the lady. What's her name? Right off the bat, Ty Conti. 
No, the uh Mexican the like uh she has like her face painted and stuff all the oh, time. Oh, Thunder Rosa. Yeah, Thunder Rosa. <laughs> like all these like weird kind of names uh always mess her name up. But like her, we're gonna get to see more of her like into this tournament. Like we're gonna get to see a lot of them like being able to do things. So I think it's gonna be interesting. But I do think this match was overall. You you give Sheeta the win, she gets her 50th because they took it away like a couple a week or two ago. And now you're setting it up to where she can lose and not look super bad because obviously she's probably going to come out like a knee brace or have her knee wrapped up in the after effects of this match whenever Dean kind of attacked her with a steel chair. Yeah, definitely. And that makes sense. I'm going to pull up this bracket real quick because we got Ruby Soho has already moved on and now Sheeta's moved on to face Nyla Rose. So I think we're actually going to get Ruby Soho and Nyla Rose in that semifinal uh, over there. And then uh, on the other side of things, Probably Thunder Rose and Jade Cargill makes the most sense. I think Jade's going to face off against Nyla or uh, Ruby in the finals. Uh, but, yeah, any other any other thoughts on, like, the tournament and who you think might Nah, man, I just, I just trust the – oh, yeah, wait, wait. I got to talk about this in just a second right here. She just pulled it up yeah. before I forget. But, like, but no, like, in this tournament, like, I just trust them to do the process, man. Like, I know whoever they need to give this belt to needs to be somebody that can do a pretty good run. Yeah, with the secondary title that can be the one B to uh, Britt Baker's one A. I, I want them like I, I think whenever they announce this title, I want them to use this old school Intercontinental Championship. I want this to be the title, the TBS title. I want people to work their ass off to get it, hold it, uh, make the belt special, uh, make that person that's got that go for a while, and then you set them up for their run against the champion, whoever that is. The the AEW Women's Champion uh, ship. The t- uh, so the TBS title, like I'm super cool with, uh, if they use it the correct way. I don't like titles just to have titles. Right now, when I watch other promotions, a lot of their secondary titles can just be thrown away because they're just there for props. They don't mean anything. They get switched all the time. They get given the people that probably shouldn't even get it. I want that TBS title to be a worker's title where someone gets it, gets better at their craft, earns the fans' respect and everything, heal our face, and gets that chance to go after the AEW title. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think, you know, uh, it's it's a really cool thing to have because it gives more opportunities for some of these women, as we were just kind of talking about. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely uh, looking forward to, to, like, whoever they do give a run. I'm hoping that, it, as you were saying, it's somebody that they can kind of uh, use in a way that doesn't just feel cheap, you know, or, or just secondary. I think they should try to make it mean kind of as much as the other title. There it is. That's the picture of the, the title. That, uh, it does kind of have that old school kind of look to it, which I really I like. also love so. the fact that instead of trying to just make up some tag teams, that they're just putting a secondary single title out there for them to uh, go after. I, yeah. I don't love the tag. Like right now, tag team, uh, like in WWE and stuff, is like horrible. There's like not even real tag teams. It's just people right. thrown together, except for the Uso brothers. They're the only real tag team out there, to be honest with you. The rest yeah, the of them wi- just, the women have nothing because they just broke them all up in the draft. Yeah, they broke them all up in the draft and stuff. So that's kind of weird too. It's like, bro, so like, what, what are you even doing with the title? Like, but uh, I am gonna go ahead and come, uh, Justin. How do you feel about your Rob Zombie girl Abaddon wrestling Britt Baker <laughs> on Rampage? I think they're only. This is the thing that Happy Halloween. Uh, yeah, it is <laughs> one of those things where I like Abaddon. She's one of my favorites. I'm glad she's not wrestling on dark or dark elevation again. 
I'm glad she's actually going to be on national television. For I don't know, this might be her first time on national television. Maybe not. She, I think she did no, have she, some matches whenever she's been on they did before. But, but yeah, yeah, this is but yeah. this is the first time I think since they went back to crowds that she's been going to be televised on like yes. television and everything else. I'm super hyped about it. I love I love I like the way she wrestles and stuff. Like she does like the little gimmick stuff with it or whatever. But I love that kind of stuff. But I really just think this is a match to throw on. And she, dude, I hope she goes out there and she showcases some talent against Britt Baker. I think this is a perfect opportunity for her to take that step up because I do think if she gets on like Rampage gets in there and has a pretty solid match with Brick Baker, that's going to raise her stock up, and she, they're probably going to feel more comfortable. And I hope she gets a decent crowd reaction, like at a live crowd, a bigger crowd, right? Like, so let's see what's going to happen here, but I really think they're just doing it because it's so close to Halloween, and she's already a Halloween yeah. character, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, uh, I think so, too. And uh, I, it's another match that's been taped already, so we'll, we'll kind of see, but she's obviously not going to beat Britt Baker, but uh, is there to have a good, uh, fun I think they're calling it a trick or treat street fight or something. Trick trick or street fight, something like that. So it's gonna be no DQ, so it'll be all sorts of fun uh Halloween themed stuff, I'm sure. Yep. And if she happens to win, she gets the chance of that title, which I don't think she's gonna win. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I will say I wouldn't mind seeing her as the TBS champion at some point down the road. That'd be kind no, of No man, like I said, the matches I've seen her in, she she doesn't look bad at all. And like yeah, she's, she's got still a little she, green, but she's, she's super good. Yeah, but she's super awesome with her gimmick and being able to yeah. stay in gimmick even when she's in the match. Like, she does certain things that, like, you would expect certain, like, a zombie may move a little bit or whatever. She doesn't walk around like, oh, like that or anything. Right. But she does that, like, <laughs> thing where she'll get chopped, and instead of just standing there, she'll be holding the other person's hand, and she leans back and just kind of hangs there for a second. You know, like, she's not moving, yeah. like, she's dead or whatever, and she jumps back up and stuff. So, like, I like what she does in the mat ring and stuff like that. Like I said, I'm cool with stuff. Like that, if you can pull it off, pretty good. And I think she actually yeah. overall does it pretty good. So, and she's she's a uh, interesting one. It's it's she never breaks character outside of of the ring. So even like on social media and stuff, she still like never shows her face. There's not a lot of information out there about like what her real name is, what she looks like without the makeup on. If you dig, you can find it. Uh, and I will say that there's a, a very beautiful woman there under all that makeup, like just from what I've seen. So. Um, I mean, she's very scary. I'm not saying she's not beautiful, but like with all the makeup, like the character is very scary, you know, but the, like her as a person seems like a very beautiful, like, you know, awesome person. So I definitely, I I hope for, for good things for, for Abaddon, uh, down the line here. Uh, probably not going to spend a lot of time on this. Leo Rush and Dante Martin was backstage and everybody know that one of the Seidel brothers is hurt, so they can't have their match. A little bit more of Leo Russ saying, like, hey, I'm going to be teaching Dante about the business. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's what the thing is. I'm going to help him grow. Just a little bit more of that. and Basically announcing why they can't have their match uh, at, I thought they were going to wrestle probably at Rampage, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's where they had that set up. But they're not going to wrestle at Rampage anymore. You got anything to say about that? or? No. I mean, yeah, Mike, it's too bad that I'm sure they were planning on having a tag match, but Mike didn't couldn't get cleared or whatnot, so... Um, I'm, I'm glad that they're not like just falsely advertising for the sake of, you know, Vince uh, changing his mind the last minute over at the other company. This is like, oh, we can't have the match because it's somebody's hurt, so we're gonna have a singles match instead, which is fine. So. Yep. And yeah. FTR, the best lucha libre flippity <laughs> doodah tag team in the land right now, Triple A tag team champions, 
uh, FTR was backstage talking about how great they are and how, you know, they're going to be the uh, one of the first opponents for the AEW Tag uh, Championships after Lucha Brothers had won it off of um, the Super Click. Uh, <laughs> uh, what you want to call it, brothers? But anyway, they are uh, wrestling uh, FTR for the actual championships right now. So, like, uh, that was uh, a little bit set up promo, whatnot. Uh, we had Lucha Brothers talking earlier in the thing, so, like, it made sense. Maybe they'll have a little bit more of a, a angle leading up into the pay-per-view, though. What do you think about this? Uh, yeah, no, this was, this was a cool segment. Uh, it's, it's fine, you know, definitely uh, building to, to their – uh, they're matching full gear, so I'm really, really looking forward to that. But, um, yeah, we, we did have before this, uh, we had uh, – before this segment, uh, we had the uh, – <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't that much of a Dagan, match. It wasn't super long. Dagan, you didn't hear me? I talked about it as fast as the match went. Yeah, pretty much. It, 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 was, it, was, like, it was so fast. It, it so was so fast, fast I didn't so, hear uh, it. Yeah, exactly. So, like, that's <laughs> what happened right there. Like, I mean, because this match was what it is. It's like home dude got bloodied up. Which, yeah. I'm going to guess he's wearing a mask. He's probably just having some, like, uh, kind of capsule or something. It's easy to hide in a mask. He ripped off his mask, bit him in the head. I mean, hell, at this point, Moxie should just play a zombie dude character and him and Abaddon (laughs) get together and have, like, a mixed tag team because, like, he's biting people in the head all the time, uh, threw him into, like, the ring post and everything else and, like, just beat his ass. Like, that's all that happened. Uh, Do you think this is leading to a Moxie heel turn or do you think they're just, like, making him a real badass uh, to when he faces, because uh, I actually think it's cool now when you think yeah. about it that uh, Brian's facing Kingsley. So, uh, uh, so whenever they Kingston, get together, yeah. yeah, Kingston. So whenever they get together, now when him and Moxley probably fake, because I think this Moxley will win against Orange Cassidy, even though I like Orange Cassidy. Uh, so whenever they get to the end of this uh, little tournament they're doing right now, it's going to make it even a bigger deal. Because I think Archer may have been the one picked to probably win in that match against Kingston. But I'm not really sure, though, because this actually does lead up to, like, Brian versus Moxley. You beat my friend yeah. Kingston, and now he's already pissed off in this pissed-off mood. Do you think he's going to turn bad or he's going to stay, like, uh, a face even through this? Well, he's the kind of character that always seems to be towing the line a little bit, like almost like a tweener. But um, with that promo that he cut last week about being a dad and everything, just wanting to go go home and be with his daughter – uh, it was such a uh, just an amazing babyface promo that I feel like it, it wouldn't totally surprise me if he does a full on heel turn, um, possibly cheats to beat uh, Danielson or something. I, I'm not sh- I'm not sure uh, where exactly they're going to go with it, but I w- it wouldn't surprise me. It also wouldn't surprise me if they didn't do that if they just he kind of keeps toeing the line. Um, but I am you know this this match was. I, I going into it, I was like, Moxley's gonna kill ten, and that's exactly what happened. Here. At least he got ten, right. like three moves or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, he got, he got a couple moves. moves he got a few moves in of offense, but yeah, he just killed him with a Death Rider there at the end, and uh, leaves kill hits him with the DDT and leaves. I love it. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm not sure about the heel turn, but I'm definitely looking forward to seeing. Most likely, I'm Moxley versus Orange Cassidy is gonna be great, but Moxley against Danielson, I think they wrestled against each other. When they're in WWE, as they're they're different characters over there on like a Raw or something, and maybe maybe a couple other times, but I feel like now where they both are as their characters and and as professional wrestlers, they can put a hell of a fucking pay per view match on. So I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, there's a couple of fans out in the crowd tonight when Moxley came in the ring and left the ring. That oh yeah, the hill because like one guy 
he's getting up to the barricade and the dude was like kind of almost in the way and Moxley it just looked like the guy his from, ass out. He almost yeah, shoved him like, down. It looked like the guy from Impractical Jokers, but I don't think it was. But yeah, he but just then, like shoved him out of the way. Yeah, exactly. Then when he's leaving the ring, he kicks the barricade to make the opening for him to walk through. And there's one guy that was standing too close and that damn barricade hit his ass. Yeah. He was standing in the way. Like, so yeah, that was kind of like, uh, that was kind of funny. Maybe chuckle. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then we, we did get, uh, this Cody Rhodes thing. He comes out, he gets just absolutely booed, uh, to the extreme, but, you know, he, he cuts this promo basically saying, I've heard you, um, but I'm not turning. He, like, he says the words. Like, usually wrestlers go out there and they don't necessarily break keyfabe, kind of, if, if you can even say that's what he was doing. Uh, but he says, I'm not turning, uh, and he gives his reasons why, uh, and then is interrupted by Andrade, who comes out and he says, yeah, I mean, Cody says, I, lo- I love the crowd too much. And Andrade's like, they don't like you. You know, and uh, I love how Andrade calls him a little biatch here. Uh, it, it reminds me of the of, of us uh, uh, the, watching the FCL and uh, Chris Adams getting called out for being a little biatch uh, and, uh, over there, uh, called back to yesterday's Gold Standard show. Um, but, yeah, I thought that uh, this uh, this was, a, a, you know, a, an interesting segment. It's definitely, you know, I, I love the dynamic with Cody and Arn. Um, I, I get that if this is actually where Cody is, what he's going to do, he's going to stick to his guns here and not turn heel. I just, I think everybody just wants to see heel Cody. And I guess if they do it the right way, uh, it, they could pull it off. But I just, I don't know. I, it's, a uh, yeah, exactly. Sad baby, sad baby biatch Cody here, uh, in this segment. And then it ends with, of course, with Malachi Black. The lights go out. Malachi Black shows up in him and, uh. Cody team, uh, or sorry, uh, Malachi and Andrade team up to beat down Cody. Pat comes out to make the save, uh, and then we're going to get Cody and Andrade next week. And I'm guessing Pac and Cody versus Malachi and Andrade at the pay-per-view. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I have mixed feelings on the, the whole Cody situation right now. Uh, I was not a fan of him beating Malachi Black last week. I talked about it with Charlie. Charlie was cool with it. I was just like, I don't think Malachi Black should be doing any jobs, even if Cody, after he, even after he just beat him, I get it, um, but I did not think this early on that, that uh, Malachi Black should be doing any jobs, especially to Cody. That was just my personal opinion, uh, but I'm really curious because I haven't gotten your thoughts on, on the whole Cody thing yet either, uh, Justin, so... No, nah, man, I'm, I mean, I'm super cool with this. Like, I don't care. Like, uh, Malachi Black destroyed him in a match, beat him in another match, and then, okay, Cody, like, comes back and gets a win. Like, it is, is what it is. Like, sometimes the person that you're rooting for, like, well, you, you could take it like Alabama Crimson Tide, right? You don't expect them to lose, and then they get beat by somebody like Texas A&M out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that kind of stuff happens. So, I'm cool with a victory. Like, I definitely don't want him to tie the series up or anything. I want Malachi Black right now to stay, like, ahead of him. But I will say this. I love the fact that him and Andrade is getting together. It kind of fits Andrade with that black mask and everything else, like that he comes out to the ring wearing and everything. You're calling it the House of Black. I actually think this is a really cool, like, them two, a natural fit for them two to be together. I even like their wrestling style. So, like, even them teaming up. Like, I, I'm, I'm excited about this tag match they're building up with uh, Pac and Rhodes versus Malachi Black and Andrade because, like, I was like, damn, this could be freaking amazing. Yeah. And the that thing could about be it is, insane. 
And the Cody promo, I love the fact that he hinted, I hear you guys online. That's what he says. All right. At first, he speaks about, I hear you, talking about hearing the booze. I'm not going to turn. Then he says, talking about, I hear you guys online as well. I had, he's like, I, uh, I hooked one arm and then I hooked the other one. And then he points out that what he did was technically different than the pedigree maneuver. And he's like, he, he, but he hinted at the fact that like he knew people thought that he was going to do that maneuver and everything else. So he's hinting at the whole thing that Triple H has always had a problem with people saying he buried talent and all this stuff and everything else. And he kind of fights against that, saying that's not what I'm about. Like it'd be easy for me to come out here and say I'm going for the championship and win the championship and everything else. It's like the matches would be hard, but it'd be an easier road for me to just do that. He's like, I'm not going to do that. I just think it's a really cool time. I'm, I'm actually interested, probably more than some people, because I don't think this is a Roman's Reigns, like, booing out the building because they were trying to push him as a babyface kind of thing. I think this is actually more intricate and more interesting because I think the thing surrounding Cody is what he's doing people love, right? Like, so they cheer when he says something good about Arn Anderson, stuff like that. They cheer in his promo when he's saying things that are heartfelt towards his dad and his brother and everything else. But then they boo him because they kind of want him to turn heel just because of, like, who he's facing. They just don't like who he's going to end up possibly beating, right? Like, they don't like – they love Malachi Black. Malachi Black super over. So he's going to become the heel because they've seen him. They've seen him uh, fighting all kinds of matches, whether it be WWE or AEW since the very beginning of AEW. So, like – and he had that opportunity at the very beginning of AEW to shine because he's one of the top players build at that time when AEW first started before they got all this other talent. So, like, I'm actually interested to see what they're going to do because I love these mixed reactions. They like what he's saying. They like everything he does with Arn Anderson. Everybody loves Arn Anderson and stuff like that, right? So they like all that stuff. They like his matches overall. He gets, like, even in that match that you're talking about where he, when, when he was facing Malachi Black, it was really weird because, like, the fans was, like, cheering for him at moments but then would boo him when they thought he was going to win yeah. the match but they'd cheer him at other parts of the match and so he went is... for the crossroads it was boo yeah, yeah exactly but other times he was being cheered during the match so like uh in, in certain spots you know what i'm saying when he done something pretty cool or whatever to look at so with that being said like i really think this is an interesting dynamic that you haven't seen too many times in wrestling where like this guy can get booed and cheered at the same time according on who he's talking to or talking about like so I don't know, like I, I'm, they might screw this up. It might not be good at the end right now. I'm cool with it, what they're trying to do, but I'm going to tell you this. They're definitely doing a better job right now than when Roman Reigns was a baby face and they kept shoving him down people's throats. Yeah. He was getting go away. heat. I think Cody's getting like this playful boo, like, bro, we like you Cody, but like, man, we don't want you to beat Malachi black and some of this other yeah. talent. Cause we like them. So they're like kind of like pl- almost playfully booing him, and then they turn straight into a cheer when he does certain things. So like, I look, I like it so far. Let's see what happens. But his promo tonight made people cheer when they didn't even want. Yeah, to. yeah. Like that. That's going to be the interesting thing. Roman Reigns now. Roman Reigns could possibly do something like this now since he's had more experience. But Roman Reigns couldn't do that when that was happening with him. You know, when he was a babyface in WWE when he first started. I feel like he's gotten better at stuff. So, like, he might could do it now. But Cody Rhodes is interesting right here because he can cut those promos that really hit you. He, Dude, he's got some of his dad. He's got some of his brother. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. obvious. He can do those things. And when he says things like, my brother probably always be better than I ever was. 
He's been doing this for years. And when he talks about his dad, like I could live to be 303 years old and never be able to like be anything close to what, when he says stuff like yeah. that, people's going to cheer. Yeah. My, my, cheer. My, my wife is too hot for me. And I, I, I can't even believe I have this beautiful daughter. Like I don't deserve her kind of thing. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of the things Cody says are, they're, they're really great, you know, and he can cut up a, a hell of a promo. I just think it's very, very interesting to watch right now. And I'm very intrigued by it. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I want to say I love it or hate it right now. Like I personally didn't like uh, Malachi Black losing to Cody last week, but um, I, you know, I I get why they did it, and I'm interested to see where it goes. Like I'm not gonna shit all over it right now. I because I haven't gotten. We haven't. I don't think we've gotten to the end game yet. We haven't gotten to the end of this part of Cody, Cody's story. All right, uh, I'll go ahead and jump into this. We can talk about this before we hit the main event. Uh, so some of the yeah. Rampage things that were set up tonight, uh, yes. obviously Brian versus Eddie Kingston for the AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament. So whoever wins yep. this tournament. Semi-final. Belt. So yep. th- I think you've already hinted this is going to be awesome as shit. Dante mm-hmm. Martin, dude, that mother – look, Matt Seidel is, is also He's talented. Yeah, Dante is unbelievable. God, dude, that dude floats like a goddamn cloud, man. Like this dude – smooth as butter off the backside of a fucking frying pan, man. This dude right here, I love seeing this dude right there. Like, Dante Martin's one of my favorite, like, super young talents, man. I hope they do him right in AEW. I hope they do him right. I hope he gets a victory on Rampage because I think he does need a victory because he's gotten beat. Now, he's been facing some big-time opponents. That's why he's been losing, but hopefully he can get a victory over Seidel. Uh, I think he will, and he's – He's a huge part of the future of AEW. I'm really looking forward to seeing more Dante Martin as, as we go here. The uh, trick or treat yeah. match, Brett Baker versus Abaddon, like we was talking about yes. earlier. This is going to be no DQ, so it's going to be fun. Abaddon's probably going to be fun in this kind of match and stuff like that. Let's see what's up. I hope Abaddon actually takes this moment to really prove to people that like she is actually good. Because like I said, I've seen some of her matches and stuff, and they're not bad. She looks she doesn't make a lot of like seems like any miscommunications or anything like that. Uh, she takes her time, to make sure she gets stuff right. So hopefully she can take the bull by the horns here. Uh, next yeah, week I think Dynamite. if anything else, it's going to be a fun match. That'll be a really fun. Oh match yeah, it's probably going to be a bunch of stupid things they use as yeah. weapons and stuff like that too. Uh, we got the we got the uh, uh, Cody Rose for this is for Dynamite next week. Cody Rose and Andrade. Oh God, bro. <laughs> This might even be better than the Cody Rhodes and Malachi Black matches. We it might. It might. It might. Uh, man, I can't wait for that one. Cool. Uh, TBS Championship Tournament match, Anna J versus Jamie Hayter. I'm going to yep. be interested in just watching how these how AEW does a women's tournament compared to WWE. <sighs> right now, we obviously know like one match in this tournament's already outlasted the whole tournament for the WWE. So, yeah. Like, at least, yeah. at least, like this is a part of AEW. Maybe these women aren't two big major stars right now, but you have to be able to give them time to be able to build up to be big major stars. Yes. Now, I love the fact that AEW sets them up. You get your opportunity, Jay and a Jay, Jamie Hader. You go out here and you do a solid ass match. You rise your stock just a little bit more. You get that opportunity. They're not trying to hide you. They're giving you you know ten minute matches. Go out there, do your thing, earn your spot. Like they, they AEW has the guts and the balls right now to at least give their women a chance to fail or succeed. This might be a, a, a dud match uh, on, on AEW Dynamite next week, but at least they're giving the women a chance to make it a star match. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I yeah. like the fact they actually give them the opportunity 
Then we got John Moxley versus Orange Cassidy for the AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament on Wednesday that night. Be a hell of a match. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be yeah. fun because I, like, I don't know if John. They can't. They're not gonna let John Moxley just walk over Orange Cassidy. No, like he, no. like he squashed his last couple of opponents, but I think that he'll uh, uh, there'll be a back and forth match here, and <clears> you know Orange Cassidy will do his his kick, his lazy kicks, and everything, and Moxley just will want nothing to do with it, and he's pissed off and. Uh, I, th- I do think Moxley eventually will pick up the win, but I think Orange Cassidy's going to put up a hell of a fight, so I'm really looking forward to that match next week as well. Nice. So we got the last thing to talk about tonight. Uh, we got our we got the uh, Dark Order. It's main uh, event. Versus, oh, versus man. the Elite. Uh-huh. The Super Elite. Uh, Dark Order came out in random costumes. One of them dressed like Cutler. Uh, yeah, it was man, Cole Cabana uh, as Brandon yeah. Cutler. Evil Uno came out and uh, he did a whole like as Hangman uh, Page. Hangman yeah. Page. Uh, you had one guy come out as, as a god of war. You had yep. uh, Johnny Hungy as sexy together. Bambi. Yep. Yeah, yeah, jo- Johnny Hungy <laughs> out there as Bambi. Like, sexy Bambi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Elite comes out as the Ghostbusters. And not only did they come out dressed as the Ghostbusters with top notch costumes, I might add, they also came out with a remix of their own song to the Ghostbusters theme. Which I thought was really super cool that they set that up. Yeah, that was awesome. I don't know how Tony Khan afforded that one, but I guess maybe the remix is a little less expensive. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, but it was actually pretty cool. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Uh, this was go buy you some popcorn. Look, if you yeah. want to have fun, if you want to have fun watching wrestling, and you don't want to care, you don't want to be super critical, you don't care. You just like, baby, I'm going to sit down right here and I'm going to watch a spot fest and a half. I'm going to watch shit go all over the place. I'm going to watch people just, it don't matter. I don't even know who the fuck the legal man is in this match there and most of it. But if you just want to sit down, enjoy your time, shove some popcorn or a snack in your face and just sit there and laugh along with being in awe and some of the things they did, even in this match, spot fest or not, there was the same things in this match that was just completely awesome, completely fun. This is one of the funnest matches I've seen. Probably the funnest match I've seen in AEW as far as just pure out fun. Like, I'm not sitting there trying to be super critical, like I said, or any of that stuff. Like, this match, loved it. Beginning to end, it made me laugh. You know, and then, like I said, it made my jaw drop on a couple of moves they did and stuff here and there. I love it when that little dude... The Bambi guy just goes like every match. He has a moment to where Johnny Hungy. Yeah, Johnny Hungy just goes out the freaking like he gets crazy and just clotheslines and drop kicks and he does. He just goes through doing all these different moves to everybody in the thing. Takes everybody on the other team out. That I love when that happens. I love the fact that you know the elite does their stupid heel stuff where they kiss O Adam Cole in the cheek. They got to do it this time, unlike the last time they kind of faced each other. I love the fact that there was a part in here where Evil Uno gets on Adam Cole's back and rides him like a little horsey for a few seconds and then gets <laughs> yeah. thrown off like he was in the rodeo. Like all that stuff, like I said, was just like this glorious, just a culmination of, you know what, man, Halloween's coming up. This is our last dynamite going into Halloween. Let's have some goddamn fun with the damn, let's just have fun with the holiday and everything else. And it was yeah. super great. Loved every second of it. Then we even got an Adam Hangman page uh, come in at the end where he had been out there with the Super Elite the whole time as dressed as the Marshmallow Man uh, yeah, from the Ghostbusters they, movie. They pull out the guy in the horse costume because you think, who the hell could that possibly be? And they and beat him up Brandon thinking Cutler. that it's Page, but it ends up being Brandon Cutler. 
Yep. With duct tape over his mouth. And I'm sure we'll get some follow-up to this on BTE this week, so make sure to watch BTE for sure. Yeah, but it's like when that happens and, and Hangman Page, he transitioned <clears throat> from going away for a month or two to be able to be there with his uh, – I think he had a daughter too. Yes, but, he did. Uh, yep. No, no, wait, wait. It's a baby boy, isn't it? Is this a boy uh, or a daughter? I'm not sure. Actually, I think his is a baby boy because I thought on his last promo. He said, Maybe. Oh, being at home with a beautiful baby boy. That's some cowboy shit. So like, but yeah, whether, you might be right. Yeah. Yeah. But no matter what, he a, he's matter. a new dad. Yeah. He's a new dad. He come in, flowed in seamlessly, man. He's flowed in seamlessly to the story. Now I didn't know that much about hangman page and, um, Omega as far as like backstory and stuff. Now, since he's came back, I've got to see this and I'm already invested in that match. They're going to have it full gear. You know what I'm saying? Because this is yeah. super great, super fun. And it is what it is, man. But I thoroughly enjoyed this. Like, this was me just kicking off the shoes and being like, screw it, dude. I don't care yeah. what they do. This is going to be fun. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's very um, uh, tough to to do justice with a review for this match uh, because it was just a hell of a party. Uh, fun, entertaining romp at the end here in the main event. It was like one of those movies that you just go to and you stuff popcorn in your face. This was the wrestling match equivalent of that. Um, and not only that, but we did, in fact, get a few seeds planted uh, with Adam Cole, maybe get, or Kenny Omega, maybe getting a little jealous of Adam Cole here. And I've been saying it all along that uh, there's not enough room for in this group for two egos yeah. the size Which of Kenny Omega and, and Adam Cole. So, uh, at one point, Kenny Omega is hugging Matt Jackson on the apron, like on the side of the apron. In the background, my buddy pointed it out to me because I didn't notice it, but oh, in the background, the Adam Cole, Adam Cole looks around. over at him. Yeah, and then even further after that, when they when they do the spot where they kiss Adam Cole's cheek, Kenny Omega is just kind of off there like, what am I supposed to do here? Like getting a little jealous on that end as well. So, hmm. They're, they're already teasing, I, I and you can sort of see where the seeds I, are planted for feuds <laughs> post-full gear. I think it's going to be Adam Cole versus Kenny Omega at some Maybe. point, the, the split of the say, elite. I actually say this at the very beginning when Adam Cole got in the ring, and he was the one that, like, moved around a little bit like he always does and does does that right there. And they say, Adam Cole, baby. You can see Kenny Omega kind of looking over there at him. Now, he was smiling and stuff. didn't look like he was pissed off about it. But I'm just saying – like two big egos and like Adam Cole's the only one getting that big ass shout out like that. So like, Hey, could be a, a couple of great things right there. Uh, Dagan, you said, uh, what did we get? What did we get? Dagan? As I unmute myself, I'm sorry. What, what are you asking me? What no, did I was we saying, get? Before we get out of here, you, uh, you said, uh, what did we get? Oh, yes. Um, as I was writing a comment to her in the chat that I didn't get to uh, respond to yet, she's sending me an invite to a wrestling or a convention in Rhode Island next week. Um, there's a lot of great uh, wrestling or Adam just Cole. conventions in general. Uh, I don't know if Adam Cole's going to be there, maybe. Um, but the Northeast and New England in particular gets a lot of great conventions. So uh, Brandy here in the chat, uh, she has gifted five subs. Uh, to our channel here at LGR. So I want to thank you so much, Brandy, uh, a huge supporter of us here at LGR, uh, just an awesome, awesome person. So thank you so much to, to Brandy for those gift subs. 
And yeah, that's that's I think what you were asking what we got, right? Yeah. You forgot to say you forgot I to say it out. Uh, you forgot to say amazing. You forgot to say beautiful, Pagan. Uh, so I want to add those couple things there as well. But like, yeah, there we go. Uh, Adam Cole will yeah. be there. Uh, Baby, I think it was Adam Cole. Uh, there's a couple of people that I was kind of interested in. Like, if I was there in that area, I definitely would probably go. Uh, you know, maybe Brandy. I don't have in. to maybe, look. Maybe into Brandy can yeah. sneak me a. Want to sneak me in, Brandy? Adam Cole. <laughs> Brandy maybe Brandy can sneak, sneak me a Adam in. Cole yeah. signature. No, I want an Adam Cole signature on something. <laughs> that, you can get that, but she can also sneak me into the convention, so I don't have to pay money for it. But uh, but yeah, there was a, yeah. there was a couple of people I thought was really cool at that convention. You got Carl Weathers, I think, going to be out there. What? Yeah, bro. Man, Mandalorian. I'll have to check to check that out. Uh, that sounds pretty awesome. Um, but anyway, yeah, man, I thought this was a, a hell of a, a dynamite again. Uh, I would probably give it like a, a eight and a half or a nine out of ten. I thought it was a really <laughs> solid episode. Um, I can say this. Yeah. Any any other final thoughts? I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what the ratings say and everything else. I'm just going to say the uh, one thing I will say that Tony Khan's been right about that he's constantly commented on is simply 100% straight up uh, that – Week in and week out, the best wrestling shows is AEW Dynamite. Yeah. It's just a better wrestling show. It's formatted better. They It, it, feel, it doesn't feel like you're watching for two hours. Every week, I, I, I look at the time, and it's like, oh, shit. Like, bro, they're about over, and I can't believe it already. And it's two hours. like, And it feels like it doesn't take long at all. So many things that happen. And there's been a couple of times – you know, because they're a newer company where sometimes some things feel a little rust. They're trying to get to the end of the thing or something took too long and they're trying to make up for that or whatnot. But in most cases, it runs pretty smoothly uh, with that being said. And I really like I really like uh, what they put together and stuff, man. It's fun watching a wrestling show that I don't feel like uh, I could have skipped a whole this whole hour segment. Or, yeah. hey, I got a good mixture of wrestling. I got a good mixture of things happening, promos and like storylines in the back and everything else. I get a good mixture of that every week and I'm watching it for the wrestling too. And, and, and the wrestling gets a, a way more like spotlighted on this show. Like, so let's see what happens. Let's see how the other uh, companies transition and stuff like that. And let's see if AEW can even pick up some of their uh, momentum and stuff. It was kind of sad. They had to switch over uh, and, and be on a different, cha- uh, uh, different day. Uh, for the last couple of weeks, because I think that hurt yeah. the momentum and it hurt him in the ratings party night a little and, bit. But yeah. there's also a World Series and ML, you know, uh, basketball and stuff going on right now too. And so. something that's great uh, is they are now live at the same time all across the country. If that's, they haven't done that, great. if it didn't happen this week, it's going to be happening soon. It's already announced that they will be live now, even on the West Coast. Yeah, I didn't even think I didn't know nothing about that until one of our friends that watched the show sometimes. Uh, Thrawn 2K was uh, actually talking about how he can't watch it because, like, it doesn't come on. It doesn't show live like it does here on the Eastern Central Time Zone. So, like, that's pretty cool they got that set up. That actually might – I don't yeah, know they, if that was her. T- Tony, that Khan, might... uh, Tony Khan listens to the show, and he, and he saw Thrawn was complaining about it, so he, he changed yeah. it. That's just for you. Thrawn. But I don't know if that was hurting their ratings overall, too, because you got to think about it. I think ratings are done, like, when the show's done live. So there's a lot of people on the West Coast that couldn't even watch it live. So like now those people yeah. have to be counted into the effect of like ratings and stuff. Right. So I like to see I like to see like if any big changes. It may not happen this week since it's their first week back, but nef- next week yeah. definitely like week or two when they're setting up more and more for full gear, we'll get to see if that changes a lot. 
Yeah, I mean, they did a pretty rough rating on Saturday, but obviously that you're going to get that. I think for this show being back on Wednesdays, might not crack a million right away, but I think that it'll still do a pretty good number, like high 800,000, 900,000 viewers, something, something like along those lines, especially with the addition of, of being on the West Coast as well. Yeah, but, I think it's going to be weird when they yeah. switch to TBS, which they're going to be doing like at the beginning of the year, after the beginning of the year. So I think January the 5th is the first TBS uh, things, but I've heard different yeah. kind of different things about TBS might even be like on more TVs and TNT. I don't know, but yeah, I think uh, January fifth is the first AEW show of the, the new year, so that'll be the first one that's on TBS. But yeah, man, unless you got anything, we're getting the hell out of here. Yeah, man, uh, you know, follow us here at LGR as always. Check out our website, uh, check out our Patreon, all that good stuff. We appreciate all the support from everybody, people like Brandy. Uh, all you guys that tuned in to into the chat, our producer, Adelia, uh, we had Peyton in there tonight for a little bit. We had Avery in there for uh, a little bit. Uh, and anybody else that, I, that I'm missing, uh, Brennan, the, the new Star Wars FCL champ, Brennan Marr, uh, we appreciate all you guys. And uh, make sure to tune in. I think our next show, if, if everything goes to schedule, we'll be doing um, – Justin probably won't be there, but myself and Josh and maybe a couple other people will be doing our, our usual LGR tailgate. Uh, for uh, right before the uh, lightning time, yeah, I'm and, gonna be heading. I'll be heading to yeah. Disney World as well. Woo! Nice, very nice. Uh, but yeah, right before the lightning time versus Shazam pay per view, uh, check out the LGR tailgate here, seven fifteen Eastern, uh, Twitch.tv slash LGR Network. Uh, until then, yeah, yeah man, find me on been Twitter, fun, Justin. Give us a good thing and go to our YouTube channel. Let's get ready, Network uh, YouTube channel, uh, and subscribe if you haven't, man. Uh, we do a lot of things. We even put these shows on there. So, like, you can't be here live and watch it with us or you watch something else at this time. You better go on the YouTube channel, find the uh, actual, like, show because we post it the very next day. Besides that, man, thank you guys. Love all you guys. Love all your support. Until next time, peace.